0: a grand jury in Houston, Texas that was investigating Planned Parenthood for slaughtering unborn babies and selling their body parts, has declined to indict the nation's abortion mill and has instead indicted the undercover activists who exposed the horrific activities on undercover video. Now, some of you may have heard this story and said to yourself, "Ah! Ah! 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 Ah!" but let's take a calmer look at the facts. The grand jury indicted the pro-life activists on charges of tampering with a governmental record because they used a fake driver's license to trick their way into Planned Parenthood's premises. This is a very serious crime because when you have a fake driver's license, the ink on it may become smeared and unreadable when the blood of murdered babies spills on it the grand jury also indicted the activists on a charge of prohibition on the sale of human organs because they bought body parts from planned parenthood who wasn't selling them because that would be illegal and they would be indicted for it but they weren't indicted so they weren't selling them only the activists were buying them and were indicted ah! trigger warning i'm andrew claven and this is the andrew claven show <laughs> I get, I get into trouble for doing these things. People tell me, you know, I get this all the time. You shouldn't make jokes about, you know, evil. It's evil. You, should, it can't be funny. It can't be funny. But the thing is, evil actually is funny if you eliminate the human suffering. I mean, human suffering isn't funny, and evil causes human suffering. But if you take, if you take the human suffering away for a minute and just look at the evil itself, it's hilarious. And and it's not only it's not only hilarious. It's hilarious in a way that's revealing because it's funny in the same way that a guy in a tuxedo stepping into a mud puddle up to his neck is funny. Like, the, Or that, that scene in Bridesmaids where the girls are all dressed up in their beautiful bridesmaids outfits, outfits and somebody poisons them with a laxative and they all wind up stuck on the toilet. It's funny because it's a high-low contradiction. We know that we're supposed to be much better than this. We know that we were made to be like the angels, you know. And when we commit evil, we're not only stuck on the toilet, we're stuck on the toilet head first. And I think that that's what uh, you see when you see these Planned Parenthood. And the logic of it is insane. All right. We're going to talk about what I thought was an absurd and shameful uh, display on CNN last night, the, uh, the Democratic town hall, the last town hall before Iowa. I haven't heard anybody else say that it was shameful and stupid and ridiculous, and beca- it's the fact that I haven't heard anybody else say that that's, that I want to talk about it, because it really was, and the fact that we don't notice how shameful it was is what makes it so shameful. But before that... We have to get back to this abortion story. I have to talk about this abortion story. I mean, it stinks. It smells so dirty. There's, there's no proof. I mean, I was looking for it. There's no proof that this prosecutor, this is the, a, the, it's in a county in Houston, very liberal city in Texas. The thing about Texas is, you know, it's a conservative place, but their cities are just as liberal as any other cities. So, you know, they took on this case. They're investigating it statewide. They've got a, the Attorney General is investigating it. There are three investigations in uh, in the, in Congress. But this just smells like a political thing. They found one prosecutor in this office who was on the board of Planned Parenthood, but she, I think it was a she, she recused herself. She wasn't involved, so that's not really proof of anything. But there's something about taking on this story, this story of Planned Parenthood selling body parts of fetuses for profit basically and then indicting the guys who acted as journalists to explore it and indicting them for getting, what, a fake, you know, this is a felony, a fake, you know, tampering with government records is a felony. It could get you like 20 years in prison. Essentially, they had fake driver's license. So that means every kid who drinks in Texas underage who has a fake driver's license, he should be going away, you know. So it's just, it just smells so bad. I mean, if you don't remember the story, uh, these guys went in and they recorded, you know, they got these incredibly embarrassing Uh, Videos of people at Planned Parenthood talking about how they could keep from destroying certain organs as they rip this child out of its mother's womb. And, you know, Planned Parenthood was immediately, well, these were heavily edited tapes, you know, (laughs) which was utterly ridiculous. I mean, it was utterly ridiculous. But, of course, the mainstream media just gave it, we we have a a mainstream media, uh, a version of the mainstream media reporting this story. Just take a look at how unfair this was. Good evening. This is the MSM News Desk, bringing you all the news that fits. A group of conservative right-wing conservatives have been releasing a series of hidden camera videos taken at Planned Parenthood facilities around the country. These far-right, icky, conservative videos are heavily edited to make it look like Planned Parenthood kills babies and sells their body parts for medical experiments. Well, all right. Planned Parenthood does do that, but these videos try to make it seem like that's not okay. This video, for instance, entraps one of Planned Parenthood's most respected doctors in an admittedly awkward moment.
1: I love sitting at the children's table. Ah, It's another boy. Mm, Say you love Planned Parenthood. Uh, Remember
0: that these heavily edited videos have been heavily edited by heavy, fat editors editing heavily to deceive decent people like yourselves into getting information on your own, instead of trusting, authoritative, tie-wearing television personalities like myself, who are here to tell you absolutely everything that we want you to know. For instance, in this video, a Planned Parenthood official is clearly trying her best to explain the philosophy behind the organization's activities
1: if we can kill all the babies we can have sex 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 for everyone all the time and use the bodies of our children to keep us alive forever like these people here
0: I I think you can see why we in the responsible, respectable, tie-wearing mainstream media have shown only a little over one minute of these videos on all network newscasts combined. The right-wing, war-on-women right-wing group who took these videos like to call themselves pro-life just because they're in favor of letting people live instead of killing them. But don't worry. We network gatekeepers of truth won't let them come near you they're only trying to make you think there's something not quite absolutely tickety-boo about a woman's right to choose. Help!
1: Help me! Come back here! You're not a human being! I am! I am a human being! For crying out loud, look at me! No one can see you! Hold still, you piece of tissue, you! Help! Black lives matter! Black lives matter! Ah!
0: Well, there you have it. Proof positive that these videos are completely fake. In real life, unborn babies can't cry for help or beg for mercy. Adults would have to do that for them. And you won't see any of that here because this is MSM News. All right, that might've been a satire. I'm not sure. <laughs> it seems like, and if you if you subscribe, you could have seen the Satan himself caught on, on video as well as you could have seen me wearing a tie, which is even more rare. Uh, I, you know, I feel like I got into a little bit of trouble for that video too, didn't I? Yeah. When did I become the radical? This is what I want to know. You know, like here I am. I've been I've been married faithfully for like 35 years. I, I don't. I never take drugs. I drink in moderation. I go go to church on Sunday. And suddenly I'm like the bad guy. <laughs> it's like the world sort of sort of turned around. Anyway, this this, this thing has been a. Well, it's been a major problem for Planned Parenthood. It really has. And they've been fighting it tooth and nail. And they want, they've want they sued the video makers and all this stuff. I mean, remember, our tax dollars provide 40% of the money they get. And it comes through Medicaid. And some states have started started to redirect Medicaid away from them. So it's cost them that money. Of course, it's cost them all those tens of thousands of dollars that they donate to Democrats like Hillary Clinton to make sure that they're protected and they can keep getting funded. funded. Uh, and a lot of people would say that it has also been a big pain in the neck for the Republicans because it has caused people to show up just short of pitchforks and you know tar and feathers demanding you know after all Republicans run the house the house is the pocketbook of the country it's the wallet of the country they're funding everything that happens they could be saying you know don't do this and only Ted Cruz has essentially been saying this is a priority we should shut the government down do anything we can to stop funding, send, you know, it's just sending our tax dollars. It's not making it illegal. It's just saying we don't want you to take our money away to fund, you know, people killing babies. It's not what we want to do. And Ted Cruz, Ted Cruz we have a, a cut of Ted Cruz. He's arguing that the states should stop ch- channeling the money that they have from the federal government into Planned Parenthood. And somebody says in Iowa, well, Iowa says none of this money goes to abortions. And this is Cruz's response. I would encourage every state government and I am fighting for the federal government to defund Planned Parenthood as an institution. Planned Parenthood is the largest abortion provider in America. And and money's fungible. Saying you only put it in the left pocket and not the right pocket uh, is the sort of distinction only a politician could love. It's very rare that a politician uses the juste, the perfect word, but fungible is the perfect word because money fungible means that you can use it any way you want. So if you have, you know, fifteen minutes, if you have four things that have to be done and each one takes fifteen minutes, an hour of time is fungible because you can use any one of those fifteen minutes to do each chore. It doesn't matter which one you do first. And so what he's saying is you give the money to Planned Parenthood and they say, oh well, we're not using them for the abortion part of our fund. The, it doesn't matter. It's all the, the same thing. It's fungible. So this is a big problem for Republicans because Republicans don't want to do this. They they want to they want to uh, do the outrage dance, they want to pretend to be outraged, they want to say, you know, like we, you know, we, we hate this, this is terrible, but they don't want to come through because it'll cost them a lot of votes. People still la- largely support abortion, though. although they don't support it. They don't know, they don't know that Roe v. Wade allows it. Most states allow abortion up to 24 weeks. That sounds okay until you think, oh, that's six months. That's six months. A six-month-old child, you know, they're killing when they do that. So that's what most states do. People don't know this stuff. And so most people say, well, with certain restrictions, we are in favor of abortion. And the Republicans do not want to step on that mine that's going to cost them women's votes and make them a target for people like Hillary Clinton. So they want to, you know, shake their fist in the air. They want to pound their fist against their palm. But they don't want to pull the plug, except for Cruz, who is a principled guy, and that's why they hate him. And that's one, one of the many reasons why they hate him, because he shows them up. So speaking of principle, principled guys, let's talk about Bernie Sanders, who actually is a principled guy. All his principles are wrong, but he is a guy who stands up for himself. So last night, CNN, in the last chance for the Democrats to show themselves to the public before the Iowa caucuses, they have this town hall. And the town hall is moderated by Chris Cuomo, they're, you know, CNN news guy. And it's just people in the audience who are all Democrat voters asking questions of the Democrat candidates. So they look great. They all look great. Sanders, I would say Sanders looked the best of all of them. He is completely himself, you know. He is humorous. He's relaxed. He, he does not look like he is On fire with ambition and hungry for power. He looks like he knows he'll probably lose, but he's won already because he's made his point. He's this schlumpy, you know, gray haired, crazy guy, crazy looking guy. I compared him to Doc Brown in the Back to the Future movies. That's what he looks like. He's, you know, he's got that kind of Brooklyn accent that he talks like that and his shoulders are hunched and all this. And he's completely honest about what he is. He's a socialist, and he's honest about it. And so let's, let's just show a cut to show, just show, you know, he, he's asked by this lady in the audience, what is this socialism we talk about here?
1: Senator, some of your detractors have called you a socialist on occasions, and you don't seem too troubled by that and sometimes embrace it. I wondered if you could elaborate on that and just to show us what the comfort level you have, your definition of it, so that it doesn't concern the rest of us citizens. Well, what democratic socialism means to me is that economic rights, the right
0: for economic security, is should exist in the United States of America. It means to me that there's something wrong when we have millions of senior citizens today trying to get by on 11, $12,000 a year Social Security. It means there's something wrong when the rich get richer and almost everybody else gets poor. You know, one of the other things that's interesting about Bernie Sanders is a lot of times he identifies problems that are real. The problem is, is that all his solutions are the reasons the problems exist in the first place. So uh, income inequality is not a problem if income is flexible. So in other words, if it's not always the same people at the top, if you can get your children into the next rung, if you can move them into the next rung, well then, that's how America works. It never worked that you hit it big, you know, I mean, this this is a point that Sanders himself makes about his parents, they never got rich, Rubio makes the point about his parents, they never got rich, but their kids went on to become very, very powerful, uplifted people who are, are doing fine, and that's the American way, it's the next generation when that gets stuck when you have no chance to move your next generation up then income inequality is a problem because then you have a class system then you have what what we all came here to get away from and so he's right but what caused that i mean it's the obama administration that transferred all this wealth into the top one percent all this wealth from the middle class that went in to bail out all those companies And all those companies that went broke in 2008, it was all Democrat policies. It was all Democrat policies. Barney Frank and Bill Bill Clinton is the guy who got rid of the Glass-Steagall regulations from the New Deal that uh, let let Wall Street and the banks go nuts and do all the stuff they did. It was uh, Clinton who... And Barney Frank, who encouraged this loaning of money to people who couldn't pay it back, which is what the Wall Street people were playing with. That's what. That's why it all tanked, because they couldn't pay the money back. All that stuff was done by the Democrats. And all all uh, Bernie Sanders wants to do is make that bigger, make that system bigger, so the crash is going to be bigger, the The long way down is going to We see what happens in Europe. Uh, nations die under the things that Bernie Sanders is saying. But I have to say, he comes across great in this. He, he's... Direct. He's honest. He doesn't run away from being called a socialist, as Hillary Clinton does. You know, he and he's relaxed. So then the other guy comes on. What's his name? Martin. (laughs) They give him. They must have given him like five minutes. You know, the other two had each about an hour, forty-five minutes, and he was like, "Hello, I'm gone." You know, that was it. So we won't even deal with him. Then Hillary Clinton comes on, and Hillary. I thought Hillary Clinton also did great, except that it's with Hillary. It always just looks like somebody typed in the program before she walked in. Somebody put in the chip that says, now you're gonna do it this way, you're gonna do it that way. Somebody must have told her she needs to be more fiery. There's not a lot of, you know, the thing about Bernie Sanders supporters is they're like Trump supporters, and Bernie Sanders is kind of the mirror image of Trump. He says the thing that nobody else says. He comes out and says what a lot of Democrat voters are saying. Yeah, socialism, this is great. You know, the, the only difference is, is that Sanders also believes what he says and means what he says, and he's, you know, he's an honest guy, I, I think. He's just, uh, he's just wrong about everything. Clinton comes out, and she just is doing her passionate routine. She's moving her hands, and she's thunderous, and she's... And she's got this thing, she, one guy gets up, the one slightly tough question that got asked, the one slightly tough question that got asked is a young guy gets up and he says, all my friends who are for Bernie Sanders, he says he's undecided, he says, all my friends who are for Bernie Sanders are really enthusiastic about Bernie Sanders. And he says, which with a certain amount of courage, I thought, a lot of them think you're dishonest, he says to Hillary Clinton. What do you, what do you say to these people who say you're dishonest? So here's her response.
1: I've been around a long time. People have thrown all kinds of things at me. And, you know, I can't keep up with it. I just keep going forward. They fall by the wayside. They come up with these outlandish things. They make these charges. I just keep going forward because there's nothing to it. They throw all this stuff at me and I'm still standing. But if you're new to politics, if it's the first time you've really paid attention, you go, oh my gosh, look at all of this. And you have to say to yourself, why are they throwing all of that? Well, I'll tell you why. Because I've been on the front lines of change and progress since I was your age. I have been fighting to give kids and women and the, and the people who are left out and left behind a chance to make the most out of their own lives.
0: Okay, so now... To get to why I thought this entire thing was a disgrace, why I think the entire staff of CNN should be seized, laid hold of, dragged out of their offices, tarred and feathered, and thrown into the Hudson River, where they're in Atlanta. Okay, so they can't throw them into the Hudson. Now drag them up to New York and throw them into the Hudson River. It's, you know, I mean, it's just pull them behind like a truck. You know, CNN is a disgrace, and it's just part of this mainstream media complex. But it's it's, it's in some ways the worst, one of the worst examples of it. And I'll I'll tell you why. Hillary Clinton just made the argument. Oh, you know, yeah, they they punch at me, they throw this stuff up, but they haven't laid a glove on me. Look, the only reason nobody has laid a glove on Hillary Clinton is that the press protects her. The only reason that no, that she is not in jail is because she's all the Democrats have got. She's the best thing the Democrats have got, and the press won't go after her. The press doesn't investigate her the way, and the press doesn't even like her. It's not like Obama where they worship her. They just won't go that extra step that they would go if this were a, a Republican if this were a Republican she would be in prison if this were a Republican she would have at least been disgraced to the point where she couldn't was no longer a viable candidate i mean this investigate the stuff that has come out the stuff that's come out about benghazi is may not be criminal but it's unbelievably shameful the, the lie the, that one thing she did of standing in front of the coffins of our dead and lying when we now know beyond a shadow of a doubt that she was lying when she said this was a video she knew it wasn't a video she knew it was a terrorist attack she was protecting Obama she was protecting his narrative that he was selling in his, for his reelection any Republican who did that would be destroyed by the press it's only because the press is corrupt that she can get up and make that argument and CNN this town hall was a living example of it all right Again and again, there have been debates. What have there been, like three Democrat debates? They're held like Sunday morning at 3 o'clock in the morning. They're held like opposite football games. Nobody knows when they're on. They're hard to find. They've been hiding them because in a debate, you might slip up. In a debate, you might say something really bad, and they wanted time for the spin doctors to get out there before the Drudge Report reported some, some stupid thing that they said. Think about this for a minute. Chris Cuomo, son of Governor Mario Cuomo, brother of... Governor Andrew Cuomo, scion of one of the great Democrat liberal dynasties in this country, the Cuomo dynasty, right? He's a CNN reporter. He's the moderator. He's gonna ask her tough questions. Let let me just, let me, a a quick compilation of uh, some of the questions he asked Bernie Sanders. Just a quick one. Your brother was on CNN today. Gave a great interview. He says that back in the day you were a great athlete. Is that true? And if so, what was the sport? Something else your brother said. Uh, he got emotional. He was saying, boy, would our parents be proud of the success that Bernie has had. You have to think about that as well. When you think about why you're doing this and what it means, what does it mean to you about what your parents would think if they saw you now? how proud would your parents be of you, Bernie How do you handle a tough fastball like that one coming screaming down the plate low and inside you know it's like I mean really really it's shameful and just think about think about it as, as a as system as a system Democrat voters who are just ordinary people standing up in front of politicians who have a certain amount of authority over their lives and a certain amount of you know they're they're the stars basically and these are just ordinary folks. Chris Cuomo set up, you know, like George Stephanopoulos, just another Democrat hack, wearing a a press hat, a press card in his hat. At what moment, at what moment are they going to get a tough question? How, at what time are they going to get a tough question? And this is the one, this is the one that CNN chooses to put on Monday primetime. This is the one where you know it's on. This is when they advertise. They tell you, "Oh yeah, here come and see." You, you missed all the debates because they happen to be on at three o'clock in the morning. You know, okay, but but here's here's the big one. Come and look look at this. One softball after another. More importantly, at what point in this system is any liberal assumption going to get challenged? Things that were just thrown out, right? This is a, just an audience full of Democrats. Women are getting seventy nine cents on the dollar. Just it's just untrue. It's been disproved and disproved and disproved. Women get less on the dollar because they work less. They do other things. They take care of families. They take care of children. They do the important stuff in life that guys are working to support. And so on on average, women get less money. But that's not the same as being underpaid for the same job. It's not the same as two people going in and working 12 hours a day and turning out the same thing and getting different pay. That's not happening. It's been proved again and again. At what point when Bernie Sanders says that, is somebody gonna say, no, 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 I'm sorry, I challenge that. I ch- nobody, nobody, it's never gonna happen. That's why this was on prime time. At what point is somebody gonna say, you know, global warming, there's really no way to prove what is, you know, the, the world gets warmer, the world gets colder, there's no way to prove that our actions have anything other than a minor effect on this. Nobody is ever going to challenge the assumptions that these guys spew out regularly. And here's the thing that, that makes you a little crazy, okay? Go into any gym and turn on Fox News, and somebody will say to you, and people have said this to me, you know, are you watching this right-wing stuff, Fox News universally regarded as right-wing, CNN just as universally regarded as the news. CNN is a left-wing propaganda arm. Fox News has a lot of commentators. Some of them, some of them, not all of them, are very conservative. Sean Hannity is a kind of by-the-book conservative Republican. Uh, Bill O'Reilly, more of a populist. Uh, Megyn Kelly, uh, you know, I don't really know. I mean, I think she's she's kind of common sense. I, conservatism, I would say, but, you know, I don't really know what her opinions are. But she asks very tough questions of people. But most importantly, they have a, a news show on. It is their, their the show where they report the news, the Brett Baier show. It is the fairest newscast on television. CNN has nothing like that. Wolf Blitzer is a stiff... All of these guys are hacks for the Democrats. They are protecting Obama. You watch the news. It's appalling. It's appalling. And why is that the default? Why is that the news? You know, why is, do we, all of us, I think, I think I do it too. We regard CNN as the news and Fox as the right-wing news. But it just ain't so. And why did, how did we let that happen? And why do we still let it happen? Why is Fox News so popular? I mean, Fox News, is, as Charles Krauthammer joked, they found a niche audience that just happened to be half the country. So where's the other, where's the young Fox News? Where is, the, you know, the Fox Entertainment Network that has those values? Where, where are all these people imitating the success of Fox? They don't exist. They don't exist. I mean, it's it's just guerrilla stuff like this. It's like podcasts, talk radio. Yes, of course, but all of that stuff is all of that stuff is right wing, is, is skewed right, and I'm, that's not what I'm missing. What I'm missing is where is are the other Brett Baier reports that try to report the news fairly, and why do we accept that unfair news like CNN is news? This thing, nobody mentioned what a travesty this was that I saw. Maybe other people are talking about it. I I think it is an absolute travesty that CNN should provide what is essentially political advertising for these candidates, which they would never, ever, ever do for the candidates on the right, and I, th- I think it's time that the candidates started talking about it. They have on the right somewhat, but I think it's time all of us started talking about it, and all of us. These guys need to be shamed. I mean, I, all right, I'm joking about throwing them into the Hudson, but they need to be shamed for what they do. Chris Cuomo should not be moderating. Chris Cuomo should be like a tax collector somewhere. He shouldn't be moderating anybody's news, because we all know what he thinks, and it was very obvious. I mean, that was the most collegial, friendly interview with all of them that I've ever seen. All right. A lot of outrage today. I'm sorry. I usually am not getting outraged, but I, th- I think that Planned Parenthood thing sent me set me off. I mean, that was a genuine miscarriage. It took me <clears throat> it took me an hour before I could start to be funny about it. I was too busy, <laughs> you know, snarling and choking, having froth come out of my, my mouth. Stuff I liked. You know, all the stuff... I, I didn't want to get into this thing where the stuff I liked was all old stuff, you know? I mean, the thing about old stuff is that the arts telescope, you know, when you look back in time... You know, people say, well, the arts used to be great. You know, here are, you know, 15 great things. And you think, yeah, over 400 years, you know? (laughs) I mean, the arts are slow, and there's a lot of stuff that's overpraised, and I don't like to come on and overpraise stuff, and I don't like to say, oh, this is a classic when I just saw it a week ago, and for all I know, it'll be gone, you know, in an hour, and nobody will remember it next year and all that stuff. But, but, every now and again, you see something that really is surprising and really good, and sometimes it's obscure and nobody else has seen it, and sometimes it's not. So... Last weekend, I finally watched The Revenant with Leonardo DiCaprio. The Alejandro Gonzalez Inarito uh, directed it. He's the guy who directed Birdman. I put off watching this for a long time because I thought, do I really want to watch, like, Leo crawl through the wilderness for two and a half hours? I mean, you know, I got my own problems. This guy is like a gazillionaire, you know, he's having a great time. I don't, I don't need to watch. I, I was wrong. That was really unfair. It is a beautiful, I, I'm really sorry. I, I had a screener and I watched it. I have a big screen TV, but still, I'm really sorry I didn't see it in the theaters, which is why I wanted to bring it in for stuff I like, because it's still in some theaters and worth going to see. It's so beautiful. It's so simple and elemental. Uh, it's not, I was afraid that it was going to be hard to watch, you know, there's going to just be like ugly, but it's not. Let me deal with the bear rape right away. There was all this rumor that he gets raped by a bear. Absolutely not. It's it's completely consensual. It's a tender. No, it's not. Uh, <laughs> it, it's it's ridiculous. I I watched it really carefully. It's utterly ridiculous. Uh, nothing happens like that. Bears do grab you and kind of shake you when they tear you apart. I've heard. I actually was actually just listening to someone talk about being attacked by a bear, and he said it grabbed him from behind and kind of you know shook him up like that. Uh, there's nothing like that. But it's just. But the thing I liked best about it, the thing that really distinguished it and made it, it, first of all, it's vast, and he shot it. He didn't use green screens. I mean, obviously, the bear's not real. The bear is on a, you know, a, is a computer-generated bear with a person doing it, because they, they didn't want their star to be ripped to shreds, but it is an amazing, amazing scene. But because it's not green screen, they just shot it openly, and it's so beautiful and feels so real. But the thing that I like best about it, it's this very elemental story of revenge and survival and people, you know, killing each other. And what I... It's not a judgmental film. It's about the, you know, there's whites, there's Americans, and there's French, and there's Indians, and they're all killing each other, and they're all cheating each other. And the in, the whites are cheating the Indians, and the Indians are killing the whites, and the Indians are killing each other, and the French are killing the Americans, and the Americans are killing the French. And it all takes place over this tremendous sense that God is in his heaven. And you just get this, this sense of human life, which is the best thing that a movie or any work of art can really give you, the sense of human life going on beneath a system bigger than itself. And it really is a, it's a beautiful film. I I thought it was a beautiful film. I liked uh, Birdman. I thought that was very clever and sweet, but I think this is much bigger and really worth watching. And if you can see it in the theater, you should. So there's stuff I like that actually is contemporary. And now I'll go back to, you know, stuff from the 1830s. (laughs) That's it. We'll try to be less outraged. Hopefully nothing outrageous will happen between now and the time I see you next, which will be Wednesday. I'm Andrew Claven. This is The Andrew Claven Show. Thanks for coming by. Come back again.